Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of Objective Health. I am your host, Doug. Uh, with me in our virtual studio are Erica, Tiffany, and Elliot. Hello. Hi. Hi. And in the background, on the ones and twos, the man of the hour, the tower of power, is Damien. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> So today we're going to talk about something that we almost couldn't avoid. It was either do another show on coronavirus or indirectly what we have chosen, which is to talk about the guy who has, like, I don't know about you guys, but my social media feeds are just packed with Bill Gates stuff right now. It's just insane. <laughs> it's like he's come out as the new king of the world and now we all have to listen to what he says, which is yeah. crazy. He's He's like everywhere. So we've known for quite a while that Bill Gates is basically the incarnation of evil. And we decided that maybe we should do a show going into kind of more detail on that because he really seems to be ramping up his agenda with this whole coronavirus thing. He's really like, you know, never let a good opportunity go to waste or a good crisis go to waste. How does it go? Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> a good crisis. Good crisis go to waste. So... Where do you even start? Bill Gates was born from the womb of Satan back in... <laughs> he was spawned. Spawned, yeah. <laughs> I mean, essentially, just... Well, to... from what I know, he was raised in a very wealthy family on both sides, both his mother and his father's side. Mm. His father was a member of Planned Parenthood, and he was a eugenicist, so... That says a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I know you can't blame the son for the sins of the father, but sometimes the phrase, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, mm -hmm. kind of makes sense. So his dad was a eugenicist and heavily involved in politics. And I think his mom, her family, she came from a family of wealth and intrigue as well. Mm -hmm. So it's really no surprise that Bill Gates turned out to be how he was or yeah. is maniacal power or shall be yeah. <laughs> yeah well recently i think one of the more recent things that bill gates um said was well actually we've got that clip should we play it damien sure uh let me yeah play the clip it. play the clip um here we go and the government now, but what does opening up look like? You know, which activities have, like schools, have such benefit and can be done in a way that the risk of transmission is very low? Yeah. And which activities, like mass gatherings, uh, may be, in a certain sense, more optional? And so until you're widely vaccinated, those may not uh, come back uh, at all. So how... <laughs> So there you go. I like how he paused there like he could yeah. barely get at all out. But first of all, who is this guy? That's who exactly my guy? question. When who did we all start listening is? to him? Yeah, he's not elected. I mean, even if he was elected, who cares? Because no one has the right to have that amount of power over anybody. But he's not a doctor. He's no. not elected an elected official. He's just some dude who has a lot of money. Yeah. And well, yeah. he is the largest 
the largest philanthropic foundation in the world with a $43 billion trust, you know, that makes grant payments of more than $3 billion annually to uh, advance his foundation's goals, like reforming schools, you know, uh, public health initiatives, vaccination programs. And his major goal is to vaccinate every child. That, yeah. that was his goal. You know, now it's everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's oh, yeah. essentially. Sorry, go ahead, Elliot. Well, I was just going to ask, does anyone know when he actually got interested, when he turned his attention away from computers to, well, like public health policy, vaccinations and whatnot? Because he, he was just a computer scientist, right? Mm. He's most well known for developing Microsoft, right? Mm -hmm. So that's how he made his fortune kind of thing not to say that he didn't come from uh, an extremely wealthy family um but actually you know the guy's a computer geek so what first of all what qualifications does he have to um educate anyone on public health and secondly you know what made him interested in vaccines well the you first know, maybe question he was fiddling around with computer viruses for so long it got him interested one in of the first programs he made was computer virus actually apparently <laughs> Apparently one of the first ones. So that's when he first discovered that if you create a virus, then you can get paid to get rid of it. <laughs> but anyway, to answer your first question, okay. Elliot, <laughs> um, nothing. He has no qualifications whatsoever to be a medical qualifications. He didn't even graduate from college. Yeah. Not that that matters anyway, but still. Yeah. And the second part of it, when? I'm not exactly sure, but what I would imagine is that as he started amassing more and more wealth, he was probably advised to start doing philanthropic stuff, you know, because all, all these super billionaire the guys breaks. do that. Yeah, for tax breaks, for all that kind of stuff. And there was actually a really interesting uh, article. Um, sorry, I've got a list of articles. Like, this rabbit hole is super deep, so I've got about... 50 billion articles. Okay, yeah. Damien, it's called <laughs> Bill Gates' Charity Paradox. Um, it's from thenation.com. So maybe you could pull that one up. It's, it's actually a really great article because it goes into how he manages to maneuver and scheme and the rules that don't apply to charities and kind of get... He basically has discovered that doing this charitable work, you can get more done and, and forward your agenda more effectively than you can if you're actually elected to office. It's kind of like through his, you know, because when you're working with um, charities, you know, you get all these tax breaks and everything. So that's one thing. But at the same time, it's kind of like there's nobody standing in your way. Of, of There's your no checks agenda. and balances. No checks and balances. What you throw money at, you can make happen. So, you know, he's, he's done all this stuff, like, really through charity and actually managed to skirt the system. And he actually is more powerful, I would say, than any politician at the moment. Like, any president, any prime minister, anything like that. He actually is able to institute what he wants to through his charitable organizations more efficiently than any politician ever could. So I think that he probably, who knows, he might have pulled vaccines out of a hat or something like that. Like, what's something that I should uh, get involved with? Or at the same time, as, you know, was, Tiff was pointing out before, his, uh, his father was a uh, Planned Parenthood uh, eugenicist type. So maybe it was something that kind of like 
at some point mm-hmm. he kind of was like, well, this seems like a good way to um, get my agenda or my father's agenda out to the world. And he's open. To answer your question, Elliot, oh, I just found something just real quick. It sounds like uh, 1998 uh, may have been the year um, he was having antitrust lawsuits filed against the Microsoft Corporation. And that same year, Bill and Melinda Gates con- committed $100 million to create their uh, Gates children's vaccine program. So right. 98, 99 might be the beginning of where we started to see a public face with the vaccine agenda, at least. Mm. Is that also the same year that he got smashed in the face with cream pies <laughs> three times <laughs> as he was on his been. way to some kind of meeting? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it could be. On the topic of uh, kind of him, him, you know, perhaps inheriting similar kind of views as his dad, at least. I mean, he's openly come out and said, you know, he doesn't even hide that his one of his aims, at least, or what he thinks would be best for the world, is population reduction. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, he, he definitely, um, you know, whether he's in complete agreement with his with his dad at Planned Parenthood, or you know, whether he's got his own kind of agenda, it seems that definitely one of the things that he would like to see is ways that, you know, ways that we can call half of the population kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That's what it would seem um, from what he says. And he doesn't even seem to hide that. He openly says it in his TED Talks that yep. what he mm-hmm. wants to do is reduce the world's population. And that vaccines are a way to do that, which is kind of an odd thing to say, you know? It's like, how yeah. is vaccination going to lead to population reduction? Mm. But uh, that's not anything we ever learned about vaccines. No, it's funny. It's it's almost like it was almost like a slip there. I said in our last show when we briefly talked about Bill Gates that, you know, I I had given him the benefit of the doubt for a while and thought that maybe he just misspoke a couple of times. But Uh it really like looking, digging into it. It's like, no, that's that's actually his agenda, like full on. And a lot of it, like you're saying, Elliot, he's actually quite upfront about there's actually uh, another really good article um, that was posted on childrenshealthdefense.org. Uh, it was called Gates' Globalist Vaccine Agenda, a Win-Win for Pharma and Mandatory Vaccination. It was written by um, RFK Jr. Uh, that's his site, the ch- uh, childrenshealthdefense.org. Uh, um, and the article, like, really, it just completely lays out what... Bill Gates has been up to with his vaccine programs over the course of the years. I highly recommend reading that um, article. But one thing that it did say in it, speaking of kind of population reduction, um, is that, sorry, I'm just looking for it here. Um, The sterility? Yeah, that actually... Sorry, sorry, sorry. Just trying to find it here. Um... Was it the HPV? No. No, was it in, was it in Kenya? One of the, one of the African nations. Um, it was an experimental malaria vaccine. Right. Oh, it was malaria from GlaxoSmithKline. Yeah. But essentially, so they had they, HCG in the vaccine, and it caused the uh, vaccine to 
Well, the woman became infertile after getting the vaccine. Yeah. It was found out. Actually, looking at this, it says it was tetanus. In 2014, yeah, tetanus Kenya's with Catholic, in it. Right. And it said, yeah, an independent labs found a sterility formula in every vaccine after denying the charges who finally admitted it had been developing the sterility vaccine for over a decade. Similar accusations came from Tanzania, Nicaragua, Mexico, and the Philippines. Like, oh my God. Like, I'm sorry, but that's just insane. So basically, he's talking about how vaccination can help reduce the population. And he's literal. Like, he literally means that. That's what it is. They're putting sterility stuff in the vaccine. Like, that's just crazy. And they don't, the thing is, they don't advertise that, right? No. They probably do among their buddies. But see, this is the way that these criminals work. And this guy is a fully fledged international criminal. Yeah. You know, nothing less. I mean, the guy's purely criminal. So what they do is they go to these third, second world countries and they might make some generous donations. They might build up some kind of, you know, financial ties with some of the government officials or the public health officials. They get a couple of officials in their back pocket and they go to these third world nations. And what they do is they do their experiments on the population. And, you know, I think one of the reasons they probably target these nations is because, you know, what is what's a small rural community in the bush of India going to say, well, you know, how are they going to campaign against Bill Gates internationally speaking? You know, the coverage is minor. So what they do is they go to these rural communities and they've got some experimental vaccine probably hasn't had much kind of, um, hasn't had much safety, uh, testing done in terms of, you know, in terms of animal testing, they probably just, you know, uh, they are the animals who are being tested. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In yeah, so eyes, oftentimes, yeah. you know, they, they're, they're essentially, these, these human beings, these people are considered to be guinea, guinea pigs. And so they're using these experimental, oftentimes toxic vaccines on these vulnerable individuals in rural communities and nothing gets said. Now, there was a case, I mean, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation have been in India for a very long time, right? And Actually, um, not long ago, they were kicked out of India. So the government of India actually, you know, formally requested that the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation um, leave and they stop doing their experiments on the public. Because actually what they found was that over the years, what was it between the year 2000 and 2017, Mm -hmm. they'd caused um, 490,000 children um, to come down with a condition called non-polio acute flaccid paralysis, which is basically paralysis, right? So the doctors had witnessed this, and what they found was that this was highly, you know, tightly correlated with the areas of vaccination, and it's been the same in other countries. So in um, in the Congo, Afghanistan, Philippines, many of these different kinds of conditions have um you know become apparent or you know the the uh, severity or the prevalence of of these certain conditions have been a lot more than expected and that tightly correlates with where the gates foundation has been doing these experimental vaccine uh, trials and so actually you know thankfully india has kind of stepped up and said look get out because we don't want you here anymore um there's also a case in 2014 the gates foundation funded tests 
of experimental HPV vaccines developed by GlaxoSmithKline and Merck, which if you don't know, major big pharma evil corporations um, on, sorry, so they did this HPV vaccine. They experimented on 23,000 young girls in remote Indian provinces. Approximately 1,200 suffered severe side effects, including autoimmune and fertility disorders. Seven died. Um, And the Indian government investigations charged that the Gates-funded researchers committed uh, pervasive ethical violations. So basically what they were doing was pressuring vulnerable village girls into the trial, bullying the parents, forging consent forms, and then refusing medical care to the injured girls. Mm. I mean, if this was not pure evil, pure criminal, you know, I don't know what is. And I'll I'll be honest, I've seen firsthand the effects that these vaccines can have. They ruin women's lives in many cases you know i work with several who have had the gardasil had the hpv vaccine and their life was completely ruined now these are women in the western world but in remote provinces of india the likelihood that they are going to get any support or any proper treatment for the kind of thing that they go through mm-hmm. i mean it's, it just doesn't even bear thinking about you know and incidentally since they've been kicked out of india <clears throat> this cases of non-polio acute flaccid paralysis, the rates have dropped precipitously, apparently. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they can hide behind that correlation doesn't equal causation, but it seems pretty obvious to me. The interesting thing as well is that um, what it was estimated that by 2018, 70% of all global polio cases. So, you know, they say that, you know, the polio issue that they want to completely eradicate polio. Well, there's this statistic that perhaps around, tw- uh, around 70% of polio cases are actually the same strain of polio, which is found in the vaccines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that the vaccines are potentially like they are maintaining the global polio epidemic. They are causing it. And that benefits Gates and his cronies, right? Because yeah. they don't want to see that these these diseases are completely eradicated. What they say and what they benefit from financially are two different things. In fact, if they completely eradicated these diseases, there would be nothing to vaccinate against, and therefore they would not be able to profit from that. Exactly. So, in fact, their words in their you know in their financial interests do not match up. Yeah. Take it even beyond just a profit motive at this point. I mean, really, Bill Gates is worth how many billions of dollars? Money He's just under a hundred billion. It's just a, some zeros on a computer screen or a piece of paper. I mean, at this point, money has no bearing. I don't think it's about far more than money. I think it's about absolute control a psychopathic need to control people, which I cannot fully grasp because I just don't understand that need to have people do what you tell them to do at all and every aspect of their life. That doesn't compute for me, but apparently there is a small percentage wise, a small number of people on this planet who really enjoy such things Mm -hmm. regardless of the financial aspect. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now Bill Gates, of course, has turned his vaccine um, antenna towards the coronavirus, of course, for mm-hmm. his ultimate coup over the entire world. 
And it's interesting because <clears throat> there was actually another article up on children, uh, children's health defense um, called Here's Why Bill Gates Wants Indemnity. Are you willing to take the risk? And it's talking about um, the vaccine for coronavirus. And it says, um, uh, scientists first attempted to develop coronavirus vaccines after China's 2002 SARS-CoV outbreak. Teams of U.S. and foreign scientists vaccinated animals with the four most promising vaccines. At first, the experiment seemed successful, as all animals developed a robust antibody response to coronavirus. However, when the scientists exposed the vaccinated animals to the wild virus, the results were horrifying. Vaccinated animals suffered hyperimmune responses, including inflammation throughout their bodies, especially in their lungs. Researchers had, had seen this same enhanced immune response during human testing of the failed RSV vaccine tests in the 1960s. Two children died. So basically, what they're saying is that they have been trying to make a coronavirus vaccine for quite some time, ever since SARS first popped up in 2002. The problem that they're having is that it's killing the animals that they're testing it on. Now, what makes this even more disturbing is that Anthony Fauci, the uh, U.S. health guy, I can't remember what his title is, but anyway. He's the head of allergies and infectious diseases or something like that. And he's basically agreed to fast track vaccines without animal testing. Um, Mm -hmm. So are they even going to know whether they've uh, corrected this problem or not? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're testing matter. at the NIH, right? So he has a facility like a lab at the National Institutes of Health. So they've like fast-tracked it directly to human subjects. The problem is, how will we even know? Because until these human subjects come into contact with some kind of, you know, novel coronavirus in the future, could be next year, could be two years, could be four years down the line. Mm-hmm. How, how do we know? <laughs> you exactly. Know? They could get this systemic inflammatory response and drop down dead, and and you know we're not going to be told about that, are we? Nope. Nope. So yeah, keep that in mind when uh, they come knocking at your door with their vaccine rifles pointed <laughs> at you and your kids. It's interesting yeah. as well because <clears throat> because it seems that you know gates. And the like, and you know, Gates is very well connected. It's not just him and Melinda who are on some kind of tyrannical, you know, adventure. It's like these guys are well connected with world class elites. You know, they yeah, are like Jeffrey Epstein, Clintons, Epstein. You know, he's good buddies with the Epstein, the Rockefellers, the Rothschild. Mm-hmm. You know, you're talking about ultra, ultra, ultra elite individuals. Bill Gates is one of them, or he's best mates, best buddies with them. So, you know, it's not, I really don't think it's just Gates who, no. you know, who is kind of going, going alone on this one. It's all important to know that, you know, there's a lot of this information about hydroxychloroquine, the, the anti-malarial drug, right, which is actually um, shown pretty darn good results, like excellent results as per, you know, from what I've read about it in terms of its efficacy at, you know, preventing mortality from COVID um, and actually, you know, uh, helping to helping to deal with it in the hospitals. So the clinical trials and things using this drug have, have been good. Now, Fauci, I think, is that how you pronounce his name? Fauci? I'm not <laughs> sure. Okay. So anyway, this, this Dr. Fauci, um, 
he was quoted, I think it was in 2013, I think it was. Um, he was quoted kind of touting the benefits of this drug hydroxychloroquine <laughs> whilst Obama was, uh, you know, in his administration, at, whilst Obama was president, um, in relation to one of the other coronavirus outbreaks. I think it was the MERS or it might have been SARS. But basically he was saying how good hydroxychloroquine was against this virus. Whereas now, now that Trump has kind of outright said that, you know, um, we should be using this drug, um, he's very much turned turned his turned his back on that. And, and now he's saying that this drug is not effective. And in fact, we need to wait for a vaccine. And what we're going to have to potentially do is, you know, stay quarantined or stay maintain social distancing. Um, they're, they're talking about how, you know, on, let's say, so-called optional um, events like social gathering events, meetings, um, you know, socializing and whatnot, these things uh, will probably not return back to normality. We may not be able to do these things until we have this uh, widespread vaccine available, which is potentially going to be 12 to 18 months. Um, and and it's important to note that Fauci is big buddies with Bill Gates. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Big buddies with Bill Gates. He's also big buddies with Clinton and many of the other elites. So this guy is of the same ilk. Mm-hmm. This guy's of the same ilk, and he is right at the top. You know, really directing public policy. And what it seems like is that him and Gates are very much kind of you know they've got a little handshake you know, backroom deal going on, whatever it is. Um, And it seems like they are very much uh, downplaying the potential benefits of any other solution for the coronavirus because they want to get this vaccine out. They very much want to get it out. Well, yeah. And I mean, that leads nicely into that um, study that the Bill and Melinda, Bill and Melinda, Bill and Melinda Gates (laughs) Foundation uh, is funding, at least partially funding, and it's a study that basically is um, supposed to be uh, checking the efficacy of um, hydroxychloroquine. Uh, but it's funny. There was a New York Post um, article on it. Um, maybe I'll send it to you, actually, Damien. But, um, and it's kind of like one line in the uh, middle of the article, kind of like just nonchalantly drops in, oh, the placebo uh, that we're testing hydroxychloroquine against will be vitamin C. And it's like, wait a second, what? That's not a placebo. That's not a placebo. Exactly. And we even did a whole show on this, the idea of the the great placebo scandal, where they're essentially... Sorry, I'm getting audio from somewhere. Anyway, I had to close the tab there. I'm getting audio too. Okay. Anyway, so basically we did an entire show about this, this kind of placebo scandal where what they have is a, a placebo that is not in fact a placebo and that they can manipulate mm-hmm. results based on what is actually in the placebo. In this case, you know, vitamin C, which we've already done an entire show on this too, that vitamin C is actually effective against coronavirus. So they call that a placebo and then they turn around um, test hydroxychloroquine against it and say, oh yeah, hydroxychloroquine is no better than the placebo. Well, yeah, because they're both effective. <laughs> yeah, because they both work. <laughs> it's just, it's stunning. I can't believe that they actually put it into that New York Post article. It's like, why not keep that a secret? 
They're just it's, I know, it's just hubris or something. It's genius, isn't it? But it's almost like I mean, it's the arrogance, the shit, like the hubris, the arrogance, the 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 surety of of that you're going to achieve what you want to achieve, kind of thing. You know, Gates, those guys, they are so sure. It's like they don't even care. They mm. don't even care that if someone has a brain, they read the research article. They anyone can clearly see that vitamin C is not a placebo. A placebo is meant to be a physi- physiologically inert substance. Exactly. Use chalk. Don't use <laughs> you know. Don't use vitamin C. Especially, I mean, it's almost like they are just laughing at us. Mm-hmm. They are laughing at us. They probably love this. You know, it's it, it's very much like they're playing a mind game. You know, but I mean, it's, it's a straight, it's a feat of genius because, mm. um, because they you know they can bank on the fact that you know the majority of people, whether it's doctors, other health professionals, will likely not read the whole study. Mm. They will just read the abstract. They'll probably put the study behind a paywall, which means that you won't be able to access it. And they will simply put in the abstract as effective or as ineffective as placebo. Yeah, and there you go. Job's done. It might also be, too, that they've, you know, in the media, they've been slamming, especially American media, they've been slamming vitamin C. The whole idea mm. that vitamin C is effective, you know, they're, they've just been, you know, with broad strokes just saying, no, it's completely ineffective. That's just a myth. So maybe it's their way of kind of like rubbing. See, we're using vitamin C as a placebo. That's how ineffective vitamin C is. That mm. We'll even use it as a placebo. Mm. I don't know, though. I don't know. I have my suspicions about anything that they recommend or don't recommend. I think that there is a lot of fake fighting going on between like good cop, bad cop kind of thing, Mm. um, trying to create some kind of left, white, right paradigm. Okay, this side says it works. This side says it doesn't work. You know, what are we going to do? The whole thing about, uh, I think it's kind of like trying to create a buzz. Like I say, with a create a buzz for the vaccine where people are so desperate for some, some kind of relief where they just ask for anything. Now, maybe we can do an entire show on hydroxychloroquine. I think that it would be worth it to do one and look at it from both sides because mm. from what I've heard, it's, had a, it's got a lot of side effects. And there's also plenty of doctors out who are saying that it's not as effective as they say. Mm. So yeah. who knows? Who knows? Yeah, and it, I'm not going to believe it just because Trump says it or because Fauci says it's bad, then it must be good. So I think it demands a little bit more investigation. It is so steeped in partisanism right now, though. Right. If yeah. you're a lefty, you say it's garbage. If you're a righty and you love Trump, then you say it's great. I know what you mean. But maybe that's the idea to really, again, muddy the waters, like we've said so many times on this show, is you just inundate people with so much information that they can't think straight, and then they go, forget it, forget the vitamin C, forget the other options, I'm just going to go for the vaccine. It's easy, it's, you know, you get your papers and you, you get your job back, you know what I mean? Yeah. That being said, I do think that, from what I've read, hydroxychloroquine, despite the back and forth about it does look like it's promising mm-hmm. so but i don't know who knows i mean and it could be fine it could be <clears throat> that the majority of the people do experience some benefit from it but it seems like you're pulling out a bazooka just to <laughs> shoot a gnat 
<laughs> like if yeah. you consider yeah. the actual yeah. fatality and the lies about the numbers yeah. of people who are dying from this so-called uh, scourge on humanity. I yeah. mean, it seems like kind of a big thing to be doing just for something that's kind of like the flu. Like people that's are talking about point. stem cell, stem cells for this. Like, come on, really? Yeah. You have to go through all those lengths for this. <laughs> yeah, I'm, just, that's a good point. I'm suspicious of everything. Yeah, it's, yeah, very much. It's 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 muddying the waters. It's kind of a. It's it's very much. You know, the back and forth is 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 taking away from the entire like the 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 most important point that the coronavirus is like a nothing burger compared yeah. to what they've actually told us it is. Yeah. So people are having to come up with all of these different treatments, and even like you know we've spoken about this time and time again. You know, I follow a lot of kind of alternative doctors, integrative doctors who seem very much clued up about a lot of things. And they're coming up with very extensive protocols mm. on how to, you know, tackle coronavirus and stuff. It's just like maybe, you know, that is the smokescreen. Mm. Very much so. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. Well, getting back to Bill, Gr Bill Gates here, <laughs> just talking about you know, his recent meteoric rise in the press um, and kind of the different stuff that's been going on on that front. Um, he, I guess one thing, there's two things that I wanted to talk about here, but I guess I'll start with this one. Bill Gates put up a post. Um, basically, uh, it was just a kind of a nothing post. He was holding up a sign that said something like, thank you to all our doctors or something like that. And it was flooded with thousands of comments, people say, we don't want your vaccine, screw you, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it was all negative comments, like every mm -hmm. single one. I was just scrolling through it and my jaw just dropped. So it's just like, I mean, you know, it's a small sample, but nonetheless, there's a lot of people out there who are not buying his game, who are not, yeah, you think... know, despite the press, the, the good press that he's got out there, mm -hmm. despite getting, you know, Madonna and whoever else like backing him up, Lady Gaga, all those kinds of people. Oh, that's a ringing endorsement. Well, <laughs> not for you or me, but <laughs> but it just seems like people aren't buying it. There, um, no. so I wonder if this is a PR nightmare. I think it. I think they are underestimating the number of people who are onto them. Yeah, I think with. Like they've had a bunch of other viral scares for decades and it goes back a long time. But with the level of social media that we have, I mean, granted, it seems like most of the people are actually sheep and are just going along with the whole story. But I think they underestimated how many people are waking up to so-called conspiracies mm -hmm. and are going to be like calling them out. I don't think they really counted on that. Yeah. Or maybe they have. That's why they have all these uh, <laughs> police state measures well, in place. Interesting that he there was actually a, a petition up on change.org that had 129,000 signatures calling on Parliament to debate Bill Gates' microchipping uh, proposals. We haven't even talked uh -huh. about his chipping stuff. But anyway, um, and that petition disappeared. It's gone. Yeah. It's like 129,000 wow. signatures. And I think for Parliament to debate something or to, to, for it to be brought up in Parliament, I think it needs to get 100,000 signatures, if I'm not mistaken. So at 129, and it disappears. They're just mm. like, what petition? I don't know what you're talking about. 
Well, it kind of makes sense that they started back in 2016, or excuse me, 2019 with the whole vaccine hesitancy. You know, we did a show on it about mm-hmm. the top 10 global threats to health. And it's it's eerie how you read through, you know, what what their take is and how we have to, you know, scrub fake news and get the message out there that vaccines are good and it's great and we're going to save the population, you know, and so this whole kind of thing plays into it now. Like you see their agenda playing out, like let's just use the media to push this vaccine hesitancy. Let's get everyone to hate anti-vaxxers. And then lo and behold, here comes your savior. And even, um, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. said it. He made this quote that just really sticks out. Gates' obsession with vaccines seems fueled by a messianic conviction that he has ordained to save the world with technology and godlike willingness to experiment with the lives of lesser humans. Mm-hmm. You know, and most people, unless they're reading alternative news, don't see his history, his history of funding, his history with Gavi and the who and big pharma, you know what I mean? So he goes on these syndicates like the daily show with Trevor Noah and he's touted as like this hero that's going to save humanity. I mean, I do think it's like this weird messianic trip that he's got going, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, Well, a lot of these, uh, say revolutionary leaders whether they're you know communists nazis bolsheviks uh these people throughout history they're all utopianists they all think that they can heal the world or create a better planet the question is a better planet for who Mm-hmm. For yeah. them and people like them so they can have their freedoms to be how they want to be and screw everybody else that's the utopia they're thinking of. Yeah. And they don't care how many Indian or African children they have to destroy. Yeah. Well, if you start looking into some of the other stuff that Bill Gates has going on, um, he's got that ID2020 thing, which I think is a Microsoft actually is funding that. And it's basically, um, it's like a digital ID um, program chip. where Are you, it's tattoo, a chip. Yeah, it? it's basically yeah. It's yeah. A, it's it's kind of a tattoo, and within the ink there is something that kind of stays with it that can be read by devices, and the information that would be in there would tell, you know, how many vaccines you've had, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Basically, mm-hmm. it's like the um, the thing that you know, ultimate tracking and. Um, there's zero privacy, despite the fact that they're trying to sell it as if it's it, it's somehow empowering. They're like mm-hmm. talking about how they're going to be uh, testing it out on the homeless population in Austin, I think it was, or Texas, somewhere in Texas, I think. Um, and just, yeah, basically, uh, so you would have a tattoo on you that could be read by the authorities anytime. And they would be able to tell what vaccines you've had and what you haven't and whether you're mm-hmm. allowed to be outside of your house. It sounds like something out of yeah. crazy science fiction, man. Like, honestly, like if, if somebody just told me that, I would be like, man, come on, man, really? But apparently it's true. Yeah, and they don't even have to go to those links yet. I'm sure they'll go to the ultimate links at some point. Mm. But you can just use a tracking app on your phone. Like, 
the government says you have to download this app. Yeah. You have your phone with you wherever you go. People are already used to having their phones with them wherever they go anyway. And just track the people with their phone. There's apps that they have. I think this in China where, you know, of course you can opt into it. Uh, <laughs> but they track like if you've been close to someone who's tested positive for COVID-19 and they that way they can notify you and get you the proper help. Yeah. So, yeah, it doesn't even have to come down to actually getting a tattoo or a vaccine right now. But, of course, vaccines are Bill Gates' ultimate wet dream. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So basically, Bill Gates able to shape society outside of political channels undemocratically through massive expenditures mm -hmm. of money. That, you know, despite the fact that he gives away, one of the things in that article we were talking about before, uh, the charity paradox, it says that despite the fact that he's giving away billions of dollars to these charities, it never affects his net worth. Mm -hmm. You know, he gives yes. away $20 billion. You would think that that would put kind of a dent in, <laughs> in his net worth. Apparently not. Apparently it hmm. never affects it. It's, it's pretty amazing. He's, it's like he's a wizard. Well, what's yeah. interesting is that a lot of what he calls or what he claims is uh, is charitable donations is actually donating to, to big pharma companies, right? So yeah, or to his own foundation. <laughs> yeah. Well, like uh, you know, what does he he donates? What is it? Six hundred and fifty million mm. to the World Health Organization, I think, per year. Largest private donor. So he, yep. So, so he is, yep, the largest private donor of the World Health Organization, the guy who wants to reduce the world's population, the guy who wants everyone to be vaccinated. So, do we think that this, you know, has, has, has no effect on the supposedly unbiased uh, recommendations of the World Health, Health Organization? You know, are, are they are they, are they really the best people to be listening to, to be taking advice from? You know, should countries be listening to this kind of organization? I mean, yeah, right. That's one thing. But then we have this this the the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. They're funneling money into pharmaceutical companies, billions into pharmaceutical companies. They are currently trialing, I think they're funding like eight different vaccinations for the coronavirus. The most well-known, I think, is a company called Innovio, if I remember correctly. But then they've also got some shares in Moderna. So those are the two main kind of uh, companies who are the biotech engineering companies who are looking to, they're kind of at the forefront of the uh, RNA vaccinations for the coronavirus, but actually they're also, they've got their, their hands in the pockets of about eight other vaccines. So I think they're trying to really sp spread their money as, as thinly as possible to kind of make sure that any of the vaccines that are, that come through uh, that actually work, they make sure that they've definitely got shares in that thing. So mm -hmm. they're really putting, it seems like they're putting all of their hopes into this coronavirus thing, into the vaccination thing. I think that Bill Gates has been, you know, like someone said before, he's been watering at the mouth for probably mm -hmm. about 20, 20 years mm -hmm. at the idea of mandatory vaccinations for the whole world. And this is, you know, surprisingly, you know, it's a very good kind of crisis 
very good opportunity for him. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he's stepped down from the board of Microsoft so he can devote all of his time and energies to managing this crisis all, all that no one asked evil. him to. Yeah, he can, he can focus his evil. evil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And even Microsoft is doing is, is doing crazy stuff too. Do you guys remember that Marina Abramovich? She was like the spirit cooking lady. Oh, so uh-huh. yeah, Microsoft yeah. just put out an ad, and this is actually quite funny. They just put out an ad where they're 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 doing some kind of new platform or something like that. That's like a a virtual reality thing. So they teamed up with her, and she's you know they did this commercial with her and she's talking about how this is a way for an artist to be immortal, to live on in the digital world. You know, it, it kind of looks like a thing where it's like an exhibit where you can sit there, put on a virtual reality helmet and have a conversation with Marina Abramovich, spirit cooking, witch, dark forces, master. Like, anyway, why would they pick her? Don't well, they know that we know who she is? That's just it. I think they, they completely just underestimated anymore? that. But anyway, apparently it got uh, the video, the commercial was up for a while and then got taken down because it had like, I don't remember the number off the top of my head, but it was something like, you know, 600, maybe it was 6,000 dislikes or maybe it was even more than that. It was kind of like the ratio of likes to dislikes was so massively disproportionate that they were kind of like, oh, uh, we've made a mistake. I guess we have to take this down. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, I thought that that was kind of funny, but it kind of like, you know, all the people who are the serious, like tinfoil hat wearers who are like, say that, you know, the, take the Satanism thing very seriously and the Pizzagate and all that kind of stuff, um, the spirit cooking, all that kind of thing. Like, it's almost like they're just baiting them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're kind of like dangling this stuff in front of their face, like Madonna showing up in a video um, talking about how she's going to give a million dollars to Bill Gates for his uh you know, vaccine program or whatever. And she's wearing a shirt that has like a crucified demon on it. It's like a, mm-hmm. a, a crucified guy with devil horns. It's like, you know, is, is the Satanism thing like, you know, how real is that? Or are they just kind of like, you know, throwing them a bone kind of like, okay, let's let vigilant citizen go crazy on this for a while. <laughs> I don't know. Really oh, makes really. you wonder, doesn't it? Yes, you know, it makes it you wonder. But does. either way, you know, whether they—I mean, I think that there's—it's not really the topic of the show, but uh, you know, it seems that there is some pretty dark, dark stuff that goes on. But mm. I think there's also a lot of um, there's a lot of kind of not fluff. That's not what I mean. But there's this a direction. You know, very, there's a lot of yeah. There's it's it's murky, right? Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot more theory than there probably is fact. Yeah, yeah. And so it's really, really, really difficult because a lot of it's based on anecdotes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's really difficult to separate the wheat from the chaff. I think that what we can know, we can get some idea into the psychology of these kind of people. Now, whether they are into this weird kind of Satanism stuff, it's possible that some of them are. But it's mm-hmm. also possible. I think we can be fairly certain that these guys suffer from a sickness and that sif- sickness. There is no cure for this sickness. These people are fundamentally mentally ill. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are, you know, they, they, they are sick in, in the sense that the, their purpose on earth, you know, is, is so completely different. It's so like fundamentally different from the average human being mm-hmm. in every way in that what we value in that how we, you know, try to live our lives, like 
it's the the way that these guys operate is, is is completely the opposite. Like they want power, they want control. Mm-hmm. They fundamentally do not. They are ruthless. You know, they are ruthless individuals, and they want complete control over as many people as they can get, and and they will do mm-hmm. anything to do that. Mm-hmm. And you know that is the definition of a sickness. Like these guys, they are psychopaths. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, real psychopaths. it's bad enough just one psychopath working on its own mm-hmm. to accomplish some kind of goal. But just imagine a whole room full of them, or a whole one percent where they all grew up with the same values. This is what they teach their children. This is passed on from generation to generation, this kind of mindset to rule over people. And it goes on for generation to generation. It becomes like a religion for them. Mm -hmm. So you can call this religion Satanism or service to self or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. The bottom line, it, it always results in tyranny. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, like you were saying earlier, Tiff, it's like, well, this guy, you know, for instance, Bill, Bill and Melinda Gates, money, like numbers on a screen, money is nothing to these people. They don't need mm-hmm. any more money. They probably, you know, they probably don't even care. The fact is, it's, it's the power, it's the control. But I also would not be the slightest bit surprised if they got, you know, extreme pleasure, sensory pleasure, you know, real pleasure from the idea of inflicting pain and suffering onto um you know onto onto the average person onto the rural communities in india you know mm-hmm. to to find out like that they that they kind of that their vaccine you know caused pain and and kind of you know disfigured like 490,000 little indian children like i think for many of these individuals you know that would actually be you know that would be like quite a pleasure that's a thing. good day at the office yeah that's them. a good day at the office like that's a good thing i mean we can't like the average human being cannot get their head around mm-hmm. this kind of psychology. Like this is why, you know, you study the, 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 the psychological kind of literature on psychopathy. Like it's not, I mean, sometimes it is just a ruthless drive just to get what they want. But I mean, sometimes what they want is just to inflict pain, mm-hmm. you know, aside from the control, aside from the kind of power, it's actually the ability to kind of, you know, just be, tyrannous or tyrannical Mm. against a large amount of people like that is what gives them pleasure in life yeah Yeah, and if you look at bill gates i mean he looks nice enough guy he doesn't have horns growing out of his head he's not (laughs) disgustingly ugly or anything like that that would give a clue as to his inner landscape if you watch some of these interviews that he has it's like he can barely contain himself he's so excited (laughs) giddy giddy about quarantine giddy yeah. yeah. And not society not opening back up till his solution is presented. Yeah. Until yeah. he says so. <laughs> and why are we listening to this guy again? Like, why is he, he even on the figure TV? Because he invented a good, a, a, well, debatably good operating system. Yeah, no one ever like questions him at all. Everything that comes out of his mouth is just like some kind of miracle. No one yeah. says, well, wait a minute. Why are you even into this? Like exactly, not, it's, it's just completely softball interviews. Why is the IT guy giving me medical advice? Yes. Yeah, 
it's, yeah. you, know, you, you never you don't really think about it like that do you <laughs> how has this guy got a platform yeah. i mean if you right if you if you you know if you were in a really bad car accident and you had to go and have surgery would you let him operate on you <laughs> So why call my IT guy? <laughs> All they have to do is just put a white lab coat on them, and it's, it's good enough. Get the software engineer out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's not something that you do. So why would you do that on a mass scale? Not just affecting one person, but actually affecting millions, hundreds of millions. No, in fact, billions. Yeah. Talk about billions. Well, of- he said it. Depopulation. Get rid of the useless eaters. In a nice way, he said it. <laughs> In a nice way. It's <laughs> a nice psychopathic agenda. Well, have we got anything? I mean, we could probably talk about Bill Gates for the next 24 hours and still not have covered everything, but uh, mm-hmm. is there anything you guys think that we haven't covered that maybe should be brought up? Uh, be suspicious the more you see him. <laughs> He's all over the place now. He's hard not to see. He's like the sun. Well, I mean, we've spoken about ID twenty twenty, right? Mm-hmm. About this, this, this kind of. Uh, I mean, I think this is going to be, uh, you know, real potential kind of development moving forward. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, for those who've been in the Tim Hart kind of conspiracy movement or whatever it is. You know, for a long time, I mean, what was it, 15 years ago or something, there was Zeitgeist, you know, the documentary on YouTube. I mean, that's how I first got started into looking into this stuff, Zeitgeist, esoteric agenda. I mean, people have been talking about this for years and years and years and years and years, this idea of a microchip or some kind of a, you know, some kind of a mark of the beast kind of thing. And that's, you know, it's going to be a way that the authorities can almost keep, you know, complete control. Um, and have major influence about over over the general population. And there's films like The Minority Report, mm-hmm. you know, other kinds of films which have laid out this kind of, you know, there's 1984 by George Orwell, Brave New World. Um, you know, this kind the of Terminator scenario. and Skynet <laughs> yeah, with the exactly. drones flying around checking your temperature. <laughs> yeah, so so it's it's almost like you know you know great thinkers or <laughs> or on the other hand people who wish that the technology was possible at that time mm-hmm. um, have, you know, have really envisioned this, that this is potentially a real reality that humanity could be heading towards. And actually now it just seems like we're very much on that trajectory. Yeah. Um, and if something doesn't get done fast, then it seems that it will very much, it's, it's possible that that could materialize and probably a lot faster than many of us would have liked to have thought. You know, we've, we've known about this stuff being in the pipeline for a long time. They've been working on it. You know, we have, we've been doing this show with, there've been articles here, there and everywhere. Oh, they're talking about microchip or some, you know, kind of tattoo or something, but it's always been kind of relatively novel. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's just a novel, you know, a novel scientific research study or, you know, looking at how this might work hypothetically in some kind of scenario. Whereas what we are dealing with now, it's like, this is, they are gunning for that. They are gunning for it. And, you know, it, it just seems like a very real possibility that we're probably going to have to really kind of take into consideration and, um, you know, kind of get a, get, get, uh, get a heads around, you know, come to terms with. Yeah. Yeah. 
And on that happy note... <laughs> uh, There's always ways around the system. We'll figure them out. Maybe. Yeah. There's the black market. Yeah. There's protests. There's been a couple of protests. I think there was a very small one in Vancouver mm-hmm. and a, a small one in Cleveland, Ohio, where people are protesting the lockdown, uh, the snatching away of their civil liberties. So I think that kind of thing catches on or if they don't slam the boot down on those people's necks too swiftly i think that maybe some more people might wake up to what's going on but as of now it just seems like the average person is just hooked it kind of seems that way yeah yeah squealing on their neighbors yep so again on that happy note um I think we've kind of covered this for the most part. So maybe that's it for yeah. our show today. All about Bill Gates. Don't trust Bill Gates, guys. Yeah, I'm sure his name will continue to come up over and over and over and over again. Yeah. We can do a part two at some point. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Be sure to give the uh, video a like and hit the subscribe button if you so are so inclined. And we will join you again next week. Thanks to my co-hosts, Damien, and all of you for watching. So we will see you again next week with a brand new video. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.